Hi, everyone. This is Kimber. And this is Kidders. <laughs> it sounds weird. I don't know if we're going to keep doing that. Uh, this is Kimberly, and that's Katie. And you were listening to A Date with Dateline. We had another repeat, and it was also very sad. I don't know what Dateline's doing to us. I feel like they're passive aggressively mad at us. They don't seem to be on social media. They're as encouraging as ever. But I keep being like, finally, Dateline's back on. No more Olympics. Oh, a dead baby. It's like that kind of thing. Except not really the baby was fine in this one. It's a great episode. I had not seen much about this case. Heidi Brashar. Brashear. You're normally the one that says this, but Dateline is not thinking about us at all. You're correct. You are absolutely correct. So we are doing another episode that is called While He Was Sleeping. From the Peacock app. What? From the Peacock app. From the Peacock app. Not to be confused with While She Was Sleeping, which was the white rich lady in Aspen that we covered for Patreon. Another great episode. Not to be confused with While You Were Sleeping, starring Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, and Peter Gallagher's eyebrows. Correct. Side note. I think I'm going to request that that age as well. Our podcast friends cover that because it was one of my favorite movies. And I don't know if it hold. Does it hold up? It wasn't my favorite, but I watched it a thousand times. It was my one of my go to sleep movies. I mean, she's kind of like stalking him as he's sleeping in a coma. That can't hold up well. I don't remember it at all. Yeah. And she, then she lies to the whole family. Is that stealing their thunder? If we were to do a... Does this hold up? Oh, no. I think they'd be okay with that. Could we do it in tribute to them? Yeah, absolutely. I think they'd be okay with that. So this is season 23, episode 66 on Peacock. It aired September 26th, 2017, hosted by our favorite Mankey with the Sir Hankies, Hank, Sir Hanks a lot, Josh Mankiewicz. Haven't seen him in a it's while. It's about time. Missed him. Love him. It's about time. Love that guy. So we learn in the intro that Eric loved life. And then Lester says he loved women too. Many women. Did one of those women love him too much? I love when Lester gets into it. Sometimes he just has very dry, normal things to say at the beginning, but he was like getting in on the shade. I loved it. Yeah. Lester also says everybody loved Eric. So we have an everybody loved, we're going to get a loved life. Just get out your bingo cards. I think this might be a good one because we're getting all the platitudes. Eric Samoa was a charming, successful, magnetic man. He was living the life that men like to brag about to each other. Call it the good life, the lush life, the fast life. And then Mankey goes on about that for a little while. And I didn't write it down. Actually, I did, but my notes were too long. And I was like, sorry, Mankey, I have to cut some things. I apologize. So Eric wasn't just living the American dream. He was also selling the American dream. His parents came from Ghana and now he was selling Jaguars, delivering luxury cars and the fantasies that come with them. Yeah. And those cost extra, much like undercoating and extra high volt, high beams. So we're in 2012 outside of D.C., Mank says to Eric's sisters, Eric was the kind of guy who could sell ice in Alaska. And his sisters agree. They are Susie and Cynthia, a.k.a. Kimber and Kidder's new best friends. Can we make them our best friends? Yeah. They're adorable. They're really cute. Can I say, I'll save Fashion Police, but I, I have something to say. 
I know. I have a lot to say about their fashion police, and it's all good. It's not really fashion police. It's fashion... Acknowledgement? chat. A yeah. tip of the hat? Uh, yeah, there we go. Eric started cutting uh, a lawn cutting business when he was little and had other kids working for him, which is so freaking cute. He was a born capitalist. And as a grown-up, he was a ladies' man. He loved the ladies. His sisters hoped he would settle down and they were even planning a big wedding for him, even though there was no bride yet, which I loved because that's what we would do. That's I would be sad if I found out you hadn't been secretly planning my wedding in your mind. Oh, oh, then you're not secretly planning my wedding. I should get on that. I'm more focused on like a large birthday surprise for the next decade birthday. Oh, okay. I am secretly planning something. It's just not the wedding because you have said maybe like almost as much as zebras and the bunny experiment, how much you're not interested in any kind of wedding shenanigan. True. I just assumed you were going to disregard that and make a huge binder. And then I would break your heart and be like, I appreciate the binder. But yeah, see, I'm on to you now. I know that like you you would enjoy that, like pushing the binder like into the trash. And so. No, I wouldn't. I would never push in the trash. I would save it. I could see that just like the cat pushes stuff off the counter. Kimberly <laughs> I would, would just save go. it with my scrapbooks. I would never. But you are not going to let your heart be broken again. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. So but I feel like you might enjoy a birthday shenanigan. So that's on a boat. Oh, yes. OK. Yeah. See, I I'm on it. it. Eric lived in these high-rise apartment buildings in the D.C. suburbs. And he also had a brother, Michael, who told him that playing the field forever isn't a good idea. And Michael had been married for 28 years, but Michael looks 35. So I'm guessing they met on the playground. It's, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Eric would say, I want that for myself, but I haven't found the right girl yet. But he's certainly trying to meet all of the girls in the city. So do we really think he wanted it? No, but, I think he was just saying that. I think he wanted it maybe in like 10 or 15 years. Okay. How old is Eric? I'm forgetting. I think in his 30s, but like early 30s. Also, we should note if we haven't already, you probably you may have how handsome Eric is. Super handsome. Eric is incredibly handsome, like the kind of guy who could play the field. Oh, yeah. I would say. And if he's a good salesman. That means he's smooth. Super charming. There we go. So one day Eric didn't show up for work and his boss started to get worried. His siblings were trying to reach him. Cynthia, his sister, called 911 and the police go to his apartment. And Eric, a man who had lived life full throttle, Mankey tells us, had fallen off the map. And then I started to think, what throttle do I? I'm like a medium, low to medium throttle. You have an electric car. 20 miles an hour. No throttle. No throttle. In neutral. I live my life in the neutral gear. There we go. Coast, just coasting. The battery saver mode. Yeah, 100%. Yes, totally. <laughs> like the Energizer Bunny, but just on the last legs. And just like hop. <laughs> like when your phone's at 10%. Would you like to go on battery saver mode? Yes. I guess. I don't know it's what it I does. how I live my life. Sure. Yeah. So the police come out of the apartment and they tell the sister that Eric has taken his own life. And Cynthia, the sister, is like, absolutely no way. He would never, ever. So then we meet our hero, Detective Dimitri Ruven. Yeah, for real. 
who I was obsessed with. Yeah. And he says he sees a gunshot wound to Eric's head. He was tucked into bed like he was sleeping. There's no signs of ransacking. It is a little messy, but not for a bachelor. I did pause because I have a sick obsession with seeing what's in people's apartments. It makes you feel better about yourself. Be honest about it. It does. Sometimes worse. Sometimes better. Sometimes it just makes me feel closer to them. I'm just curious. It's like why I watch reality shows. I want to see how people live. I want to see what food they have in the refrigerator. I want to see, like, do they put their shoes away or do they just kick them off at the door? Like, what kind of person is this? I hope that's not disrespectful, but I really like to see what people have in their houses. Is there a way to do that, like on Zillow, but it's not all staged? No, Absolutely not. Are you the kind of friend then that would come over like in junior high and open someone's drawer in their room just to like no. see what was in it? I want to be super clear. I am not a snooper in real life. Not at all. I would not go into someone's medicine cabinet ever. But let's say they're on TV and it has some bottles out. I would freeze screenshot and zoom in and see if they have their skincare routine out. I might be like, oh, they use apostrophe. That's why their skin looks so good. I would be curious about things like that. Is that wrong? No, there's nothing wrong with that because everyone should have some product from apostrophe in their medicine cabinet or out on the counter. Keep it out, I say. Be proud. Well, because the bottles are so cute, you can decorate them in case you didn't know. Do all you out there, do you have a cabinet full of acne treatments and skincare products, but don't really even remember what half of them do? Or in Kimberly's case, a bunch of rubber baits that she claims she doesn't have, but definitely has because I've seen them. I have a lot of samples of products from the drugstore that irritated my skin. And they're also from the year 2012, approximately. And then I have to Google like the ingredients and go, I don't think I liked this. Why didn't I use this? I obviously didn't like it. It's in this drawer. Why don't I clean out my drawers? And then I go into a shame spiral. Oh, that uh, you shouldn't. I almost had to save myself from taking a Zyrtec from 2008. The question <laughs> is, how did it make the move from California to Pennsylvania? That's a bigger question for another time. Anyways, back to the medicine cabinets that are filled with either expired products or just treatments that you don't remember what they do or straight up didn't work. Even if you're scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or watching YouTube with any regularity, just forget it. Every product, every company has amazing claims. And if you're trying to fix a skin problem, you could really quickly end up spending hundreds, and I do mean hundreds on the latest miracle product. And then when you run out of money, you could start trying scary internet home remedies, which I will not be mentioning today because I have humiliated myself enough. (laughs) So the point I'm trying to make is that most drugstore skincare products just don't do much. So the best way to treat acne effectively is with fewer products that are clinically proven and customized to your skin. And that is why we are so excited about Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified actual dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. 
Just fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history. You take a few selfies and then your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you with any other skincare goals you might have, like reducing redness, wrinkles, I don't know what those are, and even dark spots. How dare you? (laughs) Excuse me. I love Apostrophe. I've been using them, I realized, for almost two years. I am almost at the two-year mark with Apostrophe. Happy apostroversary. It is. It's my apostrophe. It's not. It's We have a few months to go. Oh, okay. I take it back. But apostrophe completely changed the game with my skin. I had horrible acne. And then after I got my treatment care plan from my board certified dermatologist online through apostrophe, my skin problems have lessened by like 90%. I am no longer struggling with the acne that I was before. And your confidence has gone up. Apostrophe definitely changed the game for my skin. And you guys should definitely check them out. They are an amazing service. They really care. I've just had my treatment plan adjusted and it was super easy. And they're in contact with me all the time to make sure that it's working out. It's really great. You feel like you're getting a lot of attention. I can't recommend them enough. What are you waiting for? To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline and click begin visit. Then use our code date dateline at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. Yeah, that's saving $15 off your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash date dateline. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash date dateline. And be sure to use the code date dateline to save $15 off your dermatology visit. Thanks, apostrophe, for putting a period at the end of my skin woes. Nailed it. Perfect. So we are back to snooping in Eric's apartment. At least I was, and I'm not ashamed. So there's a lighter on the floor and a very suspicious looking bottle of vitamin zero water, which looks... What does that mean? It is very dark colored inside and like there was ash in it or smoke, something, the whole bottle. If you blow... You exhale into the bottle. Why are you shaming him? I'm not. What are you doing? I'm just saying it tracks with something that comes up with later. So we also see wine bottles, glasses, earbuds, a beaded bracelet, and a fedora because Eric liked to keep it 100. And I don't know what that means. It sounded right. And <laughs> I didn't either. I assumed you knew. You said it confidently. So I was like, oh, okay. And then there's a tray with a little cup of ketchup and maybe what looked like to be the remnants of a grilled cheese. And I felt like, I see you, Eric. I also like ketchup on my grilled cheese, but I would never leave half of it on the plate. So for everyone out there that was planning on pausing and looking for themselves, that job has been done for you. I did Thank it for you, you. But what there isn't in any of these photos is a gun. And as Mankey points out, it is hard to have a suicide with no gun. And then I was like, well, maybe the original cop shouldn't have told the family that he killed himself before they knew anything. You think? Why didn't you just say nothing? Say nothing. You could say he's deceased, but you don't have to say anything until detectives get there. Yeah, we have to call in a detective team. Something happened. We can't tell you yet what maybe they were demanding. I don't know. I probably would have demanded to know what was going on. No, as as Cynthia said, the cop just came up, put his hand on her shoulder and said, I'm sorry, your brother has taken his life. Why didn't he just say your brother is deceased? I don't understand. So rude. 
So Detective Reuven is on the case and he is young, successful and driven. He's just like his country. He's young, successful and driven and he's not throwing away this case. So he is going <laughs> to... He's going to solve this case. I am Lin-Manuel Miranda. So the head wound was from a close range and they think that he was actually sleeping. The title actually is true. He was actually sleeping. Also, he's tucked in. Tucked in. So how is it a suicide exactly, officer? I just, I don't understand. If he's in bed, like tucked in sleeping, who does that? That doesn't happen. Probably maybe to, I don't know, look peaceful. 0.6% happens like that. And then they're misjudged and it was actually a homicide. It doesn't, you wouldn't tuck yourself in. I maybe, but I don't know. That just seems, it seems like a very strange jumping the gun is what I want to say. No pun intended. So he, they obviously feel like it was someone close to him that he trusted enough to be in his house while he was sleeping that killed him. Mm -hmm. Now the owner of a nearby bar said he was there every night And that every night he went home with a different girl. Eric, I love you. You're super handsome. But that is what they call high risk behavior. It is. That is for sure. And also you're kind of a hound dog is what my mom would say. (laughs) The family knew about a girlfriend named Denise. Now, Denise and Eric dated for a year, which is shocking because he seemed to go home with a different girl every night. I don't know when there was time for an actual girlfriend. But there was. She was 20 years older than him. And the family didn't like her. They thought she was using Eric. Denise tells the detectives that she had a key to his apartment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is Denise Mm -hmm. devious, Denise? They fingerprint and they DNA, but they can't really prove anything with any of this because all of these ladies have been in the apartment a lot and they were invited into the apartment a lot. So it's not like if anyone's DNA was there, it would have been out of place. That apartment has more female DNA in it than a sorority house. Maybe. It seems to have a bit. But my question is, when did he and Denise break up? Did we get a firm time on that? They're still kind of breaking up. So I'm also thinking that this sort of going out thing just started happening with more ferocity. Does that make sense? Like this sort of like when you've been dating somebody monogamously for a year and then you sort of start not being with that person anymore. Maybe he's going a little wild. Yeah, that's possible. He's sowing his oats from the last year. Mank says to the sisters in his kind of work, he meets two families, two kinds of families, those who really want to know what happened and those who feel like it's not going to bring the victim back. I don't want to think about it anymore. Not in a bad way, but like I can't dedicate any more grief to this. I have to let it go. And knowing who did it won't bring them back. And those families are not on Dateline. They're usually not on Dateline. Those stories are not on Dateline. Usually. They usually are not. That is true. And they are definitely like the first kind. They really want to know what happened. So the family has all pointed at Denise and told the detective, look at Denise. They said that their romance was on the rocks and he was feeling sick of being bogged down by someone. Again, it doesn't sound like he was that bogged down, but he was like semi-bogged, marginally bogged, partially bogged. They really didn't like her. They really didn't like her. To suggest her as a murder suspect, you are not liked. That's 
bad. Like, was she at Thanksgiving? What was it like? How awkward was it? I kind of want to be there. Did she get in a fight with someone in specifically? Was it one clash just with Cynthia and then? I, if she clashed with one sibling, I bet she clashes with all. Yeah. With all of them. Yeah, they're a tight-knit bunch of siblings. Yeah. So Denise tells the cops they were talking about breaking up. That's true. And she knew that Eric wasn't happy in the relationship. Which is still like, how is this a relationship? He's going home with a different girl every night. So confused. If this was a two hour, I think we'd get a little more detail on the... The timeline? Where they were in the... I don't know. Maybe she worked out of town and she was only there on the weekends. And so every weeknight, he would go to the bar and go with home with a different girl. And then... Oh. Weekends... Also, we don't know. Maybe they were in a kind of open situation. That's possible, too. That's absolutely possible. Anything. They didn't make it seem... They made him seem a bit like a Romeo, not like a cad. Does that make sense? Yeah, he was definitely more of a Romeo than a cad. That's true. Yeah. So Detective Reuven thinks maybe Denise was jealous and that jealousy led to murder. But then a witness comes forward saying that she saw a man meeting with Eric before the murder. And Mank tells us, like Eric, he was a salesman, but he wasn't selling cars. Dun, dun, dun. Good job, Mank. I loved it. So residents in Eric's building tell Reuven there's another woman in the building that Eric was dating. Eric, you don't poop where you live, sir. I mean, you do, but in the toilet. You know what I mean? It's not wise. It's messy because then you got some awkward elevator rides if you break up. He didn't seem to care about that because he was still going to the same bar every night, even though. I know. Returning to the scene of the crime. It's very. He's a very good salesman. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be scared that you'd run into like one of the girls and they would see you flirting with another girl and then you'd be angry, but he could charm his way out of it. I mean, that's inc- I'm scared to go outside my door because of teens I don't know. So imagine. I mean, I. He's so, like, Mm self-assured. That's amazing. So this woman's name is Katrina. And they bring her into the interrogation. You got to say the full name. It comes into play for me a lot. (laughs) Sorry. What is the... you please say her last name, Katie? Because I feel like it shows up in a title later. A few. Katrina Ben. Katrina Ben. B-E-N. B-E-N? Yes. Okay. So... Now I'm distracted. I can't. I'm like trying to think, what are her titles? I want to guess any of them. I'm not good at that. So you might. Katrina is kind of rocking back and forth in the interrogation. And what can best be described as groaning, she's groaning in a very strange manner. Like, yeah, I... I make that sound sometimes. I recognize that sound. <laughs> like she's, it's like where you, like something's too bad. Like she's thinking about something that's, she's thinking about something that's really awful. And so she's going, oh. like, it's like you have a stomach ache. That's how right. she's okay. acting. It's more like an internal thing where it feels like she's saying, I don't want to think about that. Right. Okay. But she can't help but think about it. So she wants to help. She wants to know what happened. She says she met Eric outside the apartment building and he asked her if she was a nurse because, okay, he was starting a nursing agency. Did you catch that? That feels like a fib. 
Yeah. I, <laughs> they never mentioned that again. So was that just a pickup line? Why would a car salesman be starting a nursing agency? What was Denise's job? Was Denise also a nurse? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe are one of those sisters nurses, maybe because if she, she was a traveling nurse, maybe there's companies that they work for, right? Maybe he thought it was a lucrative business. I don't know. He probably made a lot of money at the Jaguar place. But maybe. then shouldn't Dateline have explained that and been like, actually, he really was starting a nursing agency, even though he was a car salesman. We could have had one line from one of the sisters about it. Yeah. We could have had another one more sentence about it. I think you're right. I think it was a pickup line. Having is a throwaway made it seem like a lie. So they started dating weekly, mostly on Mondays, for just a few weeks before he was murdered. And Katrina asked the detectives where they are in the case of her murdered lover. Mank says lover. So mark it off your bingo cards. And they say, well, we can't tell you because you're a witness. And at this point, she she was fascinating to me. She put her hands on her neck very dramatically, like she's in an oil of Olay commercial and is about to put lotion on her neck. And she says, oh, my God. It was very Moira Rose auditioning for The Crows Have Eyes. <laughs> So they tell her that he was killed in his apartment. And then she makes this uh, another weird groaning noise that was like a gremlin. It was very strange. It was started out like a, it got really low at the end. (laughs) It was a strange noise, but who knows how people act in times of grief. They make probably all kinds of weird noises. Yeah, but that was, I don't know. I feel like we didn't get as much information from her as we needed to. Like, why is she an actual witness? Well, she's a witness because she was one of the last people that saw him. That's not clear. Let me state that. It's not extremely clear. I don't think they mean witness as in a literal eyewitness. They mean a witness in the case, like knows something that could pertain to solving the case. That's unclear (laughs) (laughs) to people who maybe don't have a high IQ. No, I I thought the same thing the way they said it. I was like, hmm. So was she there that night? Yes. She was there on Monday night and they think that he was killed like maybe early Tuesday morning. So, yes. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) She, She asked them to the cops that she's very concerned. Did he make any calls on Tuesday or was he already dead? Because I've been depressed and mad and crying all week because I thought he wasn't calling me back. Boo. So... Just was he dead already? Just to settle my heart. Can you tell me that? And they're kind of like, would you? Okay, you your heart can be settled. I mean, I get what she's saying. Like she wants to only have positive memories of him and not thinking that he was blowing her off like she had thought. But it's almost like she was hoping that he was dead already so that she wasn't getting ghosted. Like he would be an actual ghost instead of ghosting her. And I was like, girls. Ladies, be your own ghost boyfriend. Be your own Romeo. Wait a minute. Hang on a second. So when did she get called in for the interrogation? I'm hung up here on the timeline. They didn't find him for two days because he missed two days of work. So they found him on Wednesday or Thursday. That's right. So he was found on Wednesday or Thursday, and then they called her in Friday-ish. In my head... It made it seem like they were not that serious. So maybe they weren't texting a lot. It was just like a standing Monday night date. 
And so why would she be expecting a text back? But now that makes a little more sense. She said, we were like this. And then she does the gesture where your pointer finger and your middle finger intertwine, like they're dancing. And so she made that gesture. So I think she meant maybe they were only seeing each other once a week, but maybe they were texting a lot or like talking on the phone a lot. Sure. I, that's what I would guess. But yes, it, it was very cash and had only been a few weeks. Let's not forget that. That's very important. Katie, can you tell us how we can look casual and breezy to reflect our own non-needy, casual and breezy attitude towards the men in our lives that we're dating? I sure can. I am the go-to person for that I kind of it. information. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really hot outside in many places in the United States right now, which means it's summer, but fall is coming. And so naturally, after the last year and change, I have been very excited about all the seasons because I'm kind of going places. I've been to the Wawa several, eight, eight or nine times. I've had to go to a few makeup stores because I had to. It was necessity. Yeah. Don't judge her. (laughs) Thank you. Seriously, Oliver and I have been really excited to get out and try some of the new eating places, have a few outdoor stands that you can go to. I'm a big fan of a food truck. Let me just say that. So there have been a few that we wanted to try. It's food and a truck. The best of both worlds. So this obviously means I need an entirely new wardrobe. Yeah, you need a food truck, outdoor dining wardrobe. Yeah. Hashtag food truck fall. Hashtag (laughs) hot middle-aged summer. These are what I want for myself. I want a piece of that. And speaking of pieces, you know where to find incredible pieces is Faraday. Faraday is a family-run brand that makes high-quality, timeless clothing with a modern design and functionality. Faraday specializes in sustainably-minded, feel-good favorites that will bring you actual joy to wear. I'm all about that. And you know when you're searching for that like perfect outfit, that shirt and shorts, that dress, something that feels like you've had it for years that's maybe like a gorgeous print, a really soft, well-fitting fabric, and it fits so perfectly that it's almost too nice to be vintage but still has that feel, that's Faraday. Faraday does that incredibly complicated thing with their clothing brand. And I'm super obsessed with their really soft French terry joggers, previously known as jogging pants, (laughs) and these perfect beachy pullovers that like are just so easy, but at the same time stylish. They have like a loose hood. I love them. And I've also confirmed that Faraday carries a wide array of black shirts and blue shorts. Black, (gasps) Black shirt, blue shorts for Kimber. That's my dream. That's your go to outfit. They have a lot and they look really nice. Are you saying that my shorts with the random black tar stains on them were not nice? I'm saying you're getting something in the mail, so be excited about it. And Faraday is so confident in the quality of their stuff that they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. That means they'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. That's incredible. You can't beat that, right? So to top it all off, Faraday is giving a date with Dateline listeners 20% off. That's a sale, everybody. 20% off. Get your hashtag middle-aged summer on. What is it? Hot middle-aged summer and food truck fall. Go to Faraday. Stock up on all your clothes for summer and fall now. Head to FaradayBrand.com. Use code DATEDATELINE at checkout to get 20% off 
everything that you need to update your wardrobe. That's code date dateline at Faherty, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com for 20% off. Yay. Hashtag Faherty fashion. Hashtag Faherty food truck fashion. Hashtag Faraday Food Truck Festival Fashion. It's not, sorry, that's that makes it sound like it's like Coachella wear. I'm sure you could find things in there to wear to Coachella, but honestly, it's just beautiful classics. Check it out. Thank you, Faraday. So the detectives asked Katrina about the last time she saw Eric. She was at his place on Monday night and they were hanging out. And then he said he wanted to smoke some pot, which brings into question the vitamin water bottle that I saw that looked suspicious. That you literally spied when you paused on his room to snoop. Is it spying if Dateline puts it on the TV screen? But like they put it on quick for a reason so that you don't pause. God granted me a pause button for a reason. Oh my goodness. If they didn't want us to look, they shouldn't have put it there at all. That's what a lot of people on YouTube say when somebody accidentally flashes a phone and you get a celebrity's phone number. They shouldn't have flashed the phone. And then they <laughs> pause and get the like address or whatever. That's a little bit what I'm just saying. You're not in that zone, but you're like right next to that zone. So maybe that vitamin water was a secret. Yeah, maybe. Is this, should we just call this an expose? Because that's what this expose, exposed. And honestly, I still don't know what they would do with that bottle because I don't know enough about smoking pot. So but aren't vitamin waters also sometimes dark colored? No, this was like gray. And I drink vitamin waters. I've never seen one that color. There was no f- gray flavor. No. Ash energy. Trademark. Working <laughs> 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 tea and Kimberly Ash. <laughs> Tobacco toxic puller. Wouldn't it be like Swiss mountain? It's like when snow melts, it's kind of gray. Sure. Snow melt. Snow melt. Snow melt vitamin water. That tastes kind of like bark and (laughs) possible urine. I don't know. I don't know what it would taste like. All right. So Katrina says, I'm not really into smoking pot, but I'll go with you to go buy some. Okay. Okay. Katrina, you need some self-esteem, girl. Why? If you're not into it, you don't have to participate. Well, she's just going with him. She didn't say she was. That's true. But then later she's like, I'm a nurse. I could get in huge trouble for being here. Why am I doing this? I feel like she's also just saying this for the cops. Kind of like, okay. Yeah, that's possible too. Just so that the cops know I knew it was bad. Also, why wouldn't you just go back to your apartment if you live in the same building? And like, I would not want to go to the dealer's house. I'd be like, no, thanks. No, in like some alley to pick up pot. I would be like, I'll go back to my house. You come get me when you're done. That's correct. Yes, that's why I'm saying she needs some more self-esteem. Oh, you think it was just because she was worried he wasn't going to call her after he got back? It was more like that. Or she was Ah. trying to be clingy and like spend as much time with him as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So... They drive to a nearby apartment complex and they pull up. Pot dealer jumps in the back seat. She says that it happens incredibly fast. They do the deal and then he gets out. She kind of noticed what he looked like, but not really because she was like, I wasn't trying to look him in the face because I didn't want him to think I was trying to see what he looked like. Like it's like a mob hit or something. (laughs) It's a pot dealer. It's like some 18 year old. He's not going to kill you because you saw his face. Like. This is not, but it's very funny. Okay, so they go home, they watch basketball, 
And then she says to the detectives, excuse me if this is too much information, but we had sex for a while. And the detectives were like, this is not too much information because this is going to be on Dateline and it'll be a Dennis Murphy. But no, it's a mank. So it didn't work out. Sorry. Do you think that they checked for that? I'm just saying I feel like that's important if she was lying about it. Do you think that they like check to see that like the sheets were a mess or whatever. Oh, yeah, they. I don't know. I feel like that would have been a really interesting way to tell if like they didn't do that. It would like prove right off the bat that she was lying and it'd be something really easy to check. Interesting. Or if there was like a condom in the trash or something. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So she says we had sex for a while. Then she fell asleep. And when she woke up, she heard Eric talking to someone, the drug dealer. The drug dealer was in the apartment now. She's, I would think it was a dream. I would be like, what is that? I don't, I would go back to sleep. I think I'd be very like, this can't be happening. Why would the drug dealer be at the apartment? Were they friends? I don't know. Or like, did he not get enough money from Eric? So he came looking for money. I don't know. So Katrina was uncomfortable. She wanted to leave. And she said as she was leaving, the drug dealer basically pushed her out the door because pot dealers are known to be pushy. Were they fighting? She didn't say they were fighting. No, she just said it was weird. She was trying to leave. And then he kind of like shoved her out the door. Just so bizarre. So the detectives find the drug dealer. He's real. That was my OMG moment. I was 100% sure he was fake. I was too, actually. And he's not 18. But yeah, I was shocked. I also thought it was a lie. Yeah. His name is William Woodfork. Which, is that a real name? That's not real. Are his ancestors, did they make wooden forks as their trade? Probably. Isn't that how that works with names like that? Usually, like, but are were wooden forks a commodity that people would make? And so I guess forks. How do you think they ate before metal forks? I guess I never really thought about it. Maybe with their hand. Maybe with their hand. Some sort of spoon. I don't know anything about early American utensils. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think, I'm I'm sure Americans did not invent the fork though. No, definitely not. Like Marie Antoinette, you think she ate the cake with her hands? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even eat the cake. Oh, that's right. She was telling them to eat cake, but she never even said that. So the whole thing's a myth. Well, that just ruins my story. That's <laughs> <laughs> my analogy. I don't know about Woodforks. I would actually be very, very curious if anyone knows about the origin of the last name Woodfork. I could text my mom. She would know. She might. Let's ask her. I'll do that. Liz, come through for us. So William Woodfork says, I've never met Eric before. And the cops say, well, we have Eric's phone and he called you that night. Huh. So that's how they found him. And so he admits that he did sell Eric weed the night of the murder, but he swears up and down that he never went to the apartment that night. He says, I don't even know where Eric lives. I'm not a delivery man. People come to me. I am a pot, which is the ladies have the attitude of this drug dealer. The men should come to you. You don't have to chase them. You sit back and let them come to you. Be your own drug dealer. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, good Lord. All so right. they get a search warrant and they go to William Woodfork's place and they find a safe in it and they break it open and there's a gun in it. And it's the same kind of gun that killed Eric. So they send it off for testing. 
But William's DNA and fingerprints weren't anywhere on the apartment door or anywhere. And he's not on the security footage of the apartment either. And I was like, there's security footage? Why are we just hearing about this now? I feel like we should have known. But I feel like I'm the chief police officer who's not getting all the facts in from my officers. Like, I'm trying to do a podcast here. Like, tell me what I need to know. We are getting like a trickle of information. And some of the information is incorrect. Like, it was a suicide. No? Yeah, yeah, no. So there was security footage. The drug dealer's not on it. But I would like to know who else was on it because... I'm sure they're using that to solve the crime. But anyways, so the gun turns out to not be a match. Same caliber, different ammunition. So it wasn't William Woodfork. Reuven thinks he was never at the apartment that night. Now back to Denise, the kind of ex-girlfriend, sort of still dating. She was cooperative and her phone records show that she was at home the night of the murder. Unless she left her phone at home, suspicious of she would not get pinged and then she went and killed someone because she watches a lot of Dateline. She's not the murderer. So Reuven is like, I'm going back to starting from scratch. He feels like he's failing at this and he really cares. He's one of those detectives that really cares. I know. I love him. Me too. And he loves the family and he really wants to solve it for them. So he goes back to the one who said that the dealer was there that night. So was she lying? and trying to deflect suspicion onto the drug drug dealer, they bring back Katrina. And now they're saying things like, do you think Eric was the one for you? And she says, no, but he was trying to convince me he was the one. I knew he was a ladies' man. I'm not stupid. So totally changing her tune Hmm. from the last time where she was like devastated that he hadn't called her back and they were like this with the two fingers intermingling and she's now acting all cool like she barely even liked him that much so she also refuses to give them her phone that's not good nope that's the big red flag right it would help them and she's not willing to help them and so they're very suspicious now but they don't have enough solid so they let her go and she happens to be moving on to a new job because i think she's like a traveling nurse like kim from people are wild and goes from location to location. So now she's going to a new job in Baltimore and they just have to like watch her leave. I I have a question though. Did you think for maybe a second that the her not giving them the phone was because there was something on it she really didn't want them to see that could get her in trouble with the law? Like not assuming that she was under suspicion for murder as a suspect, that she didn't want to give them the phone because there was something else incriminating on it for a different kind of crime. I did not think of that. I feel like unless it was like another murder, the cops would be like, we're not, you know, when they show up on Law and Order and they're like, the guy is like a pot dealer and they're like, look, we don't care about that. We're here about a murder. We're not going to charge you for being a pot dealer. You know, but do they do so, that in real life? I don't know. I just I just know on Law and Order, they're like, we're going to look the other way. We don't care. We're just here to solve this murder. I, I don't know if that's, happens in real life. If she was to to have committed another crime, what sort of crime are you imagining she has committed? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying anything. What if it was drugs or fraud or I mean, what if it was something? Maybe she's stealing pills from the hospital. Like what if there was right? What if there is evidence of something because much bigger that she thought not bigger than murder, but she's probably not assuming that she is a suspect because she 
you know? Yeah. I don't I, know. It's That's just my thought. I didn't think of that. I would be like, sure, whatever you need to help. But not if I knew that I had incriminating things on my phone. All that I have on my phone is like lot, way too many pictures of dogs, like a suspicious amount of pictures of dogs. I don't think they'll lock you up for that. What if they are other people's dogs that I didn't get permission to take photos of? Adam, you might need to cut that out. <laughs> that sounds extremely sinister. There was a meme that I posted the other day that or it was last week, I guess. And it said, imagine your dog is flipping through your phone and sees all the pictures of him sleeping. Right. <laughs> How creeped out he would be. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oliver's phone would be confiscated immediately. All the cats. Because I was shocked the first time I went through it. I didn't know he took that many pictures of the cats. <laughs> There's so many. So many. He's taken to posting them on Twitter, too. Please give him attention, people out there. <laughs> if you see pictures of cats, he wants to know that his cats are wonderful and me telling him isn't enough. Isn't enough because you're the mom. So it's like a given. And I do. I am well aware that like, I think they're amazing, but they're mine. I am well aware of that strange phenomenon. No, he needs outside validation. He's for some reason is needing some outside validation. We're pretty isolated. So <laughs> just lie to him. Even if you don't think they're that cute, just be like, that is the cutest cat I've ever seen. <laughs> I love it. I I plan to. Also, his birthday is really soon. So this would be actually amazing if people could do it now. Okay. Sounds <laughs> <Thank> good. <laughs> so Reuven keeps a picture of Eric on his desk, which I loved because it reminds him of the case and that he's not giving up on Eric and he's not giving up on the family. And he and the other detectives call Eric the most interesting man in the world. And that's their nickname for the case. Fascinating. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he does. He's got like kind of an Idris Elba. He's debonair. Yeah. Vibe. I could see it. Like a lot of pictures of him with like looking out over glasses. Yeah, he's got that. It's kind of smoldering. Yeah. Debonair. Sure. So now is the time when I got to snoop into the cubicles of the detective's office. I didn't get very much. Not to disappoint you. I know Katie's loving this new obsession of mine. All I really got was there's a tie hanging over one of the cubicle walls. Like maybe there's a detective hooking up with somebody in there. Like there's a frat guy in that cubicle and he put the tie on there. It's like a warning. Don't come in. Is it like that? Or is it just that he took it off because it was late one night and then just left it there? It's just draping over a wall of a cubicle for no reason. It's very strange. But perhaps it was so it doesn't get wrinkly. Maybe. Maybe. Weird, though. Yeah. Reuven does have some paintings or like pictures that might have inspirational words on them, but I couldn't tell. Maybe today is tomorrow's yesterday. Something like that. I did get something later that I will reveal when I got to it. It's very confusing and maybe you can help me make sense of it. Oh, no. A huge window into Reuven's soul. Oh, boy. So, yeah, and it was dark. So Reuven decides to go to Baltimore to talk to Katrina again. And this time, Katrina, she's just getting progressively less helpful each time. So now she's being outright kind of rude and defensive. And Reuven is secretly recording her. And she's saying, like, don't go there with me. I feel like you're being sarcastic. She's kind of not very nice. We have no context for that, by the way. It's just I feel like you're being sarcastic. We don't know what was said at all. Could you play it for a Dateline so we could judge if they were being sarcastic or not? 
please. Maybe it had a curse word. Maybe. They put it there and they just bleep it out. That's what I would think. Yeah. We want to judge for ourselves if she's being paranoid or he was being sarcastic. By the way, this is the other detective that she's accusing of being sarcastic. I don't think it was Reuven because Reuven doesn't, I think, have a sarcastic bone in his body. He's very straightforward by the book. So they ask her, do you own a gun? And she says, no. Have you ever fired a gun? She says, no. They search her apartment. They don't find a gun. They don't find a gun registered to her or history of her owning a gun. And they look on her credit cards and they don't find any guns or ammo on her credit cards. So nothing. But Reuven's not giving up. He goes to her hometown in Mississippi. I love this man. He's on to Katrina, Ben. He's in it. He is. And he is dedicated. Mm -hmm. Ladies, find yourself a man who will cross state lines for you like Reuven will. So I thought that was funny. It is. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Katie just looked at me, like her head tilted, like, why is she saying that? You've been giving a lot of advice to ladies in this episode. And I'm like, is it Valentine's Day? What are we doing? No, I just felt like it. The men don't get any advice. All of you, you're on your own. They're all out there acting like Eric. They're doing just fine. We need, ladies need to watch out for ourselves in this episode. Oh no, have you been hurt? Oh, no. <laughs> so he goes to her hometown in Pennsylvania and he talks to her dad. No, he goes to her hometown in Mississippi. Sorry, Mississippi. And he talks to Katrina's dad, who says that he has a lot of guns, has always had a lot of guns, and Katrina has shot them before. So she literally, she just lied to them, said she never shot a gun. Months pass. Eric's family wants answers and they call Reuven every day. And they said he was so patient with them. And Mankey is like, so Reuven never says, maybe, you know, just one of you could call per day and relay the message to the rest of the family. And they're like, nope, he never said that. He always took our calls. And then they cut to Reuven, who's like, I did not want to take their calls. I did not have an answer for them. I had no updates. It was horrible. But in the nicest possible way is how Ruben does it. He just sort of. I have no news and I wish I had news. So I didn't want to pick up because I didn't have news, not because they were bugging me. So the one year anniversary of the case, the murder is approaching and Ruben decides he needs to make something happen. He knows that there are guns already in custody all across D.C. at all the police precincts. So he decides to examine all of them. There are about 60 of that type of gun that have been recovered in the past year alone, like recovered from drug busts and recovered from traffic stops and stuff like that. So he goes through all 60 of them. He's going through the records of each one. And at this point, I did see there's a photo of him with a child. So I don't know if he's married or if he has a child or maybe it was a nephew or a niece. And then I see a sign. I'm way too invested into Reuven. And there's a sign in his cubicle that says, this concerned me a little for his mental state. The earth spins on an axis of denial in an orbit of deceit. It's not a phrase. I Googled it. Really? Yeah. It's not? It seems like it should be, right? From literature? Like from Atlas Shrugged, axis of denial. In an orbit of deceit. On an excess of denial. Axis. It said axis? Hmm. Yeah, the earth spins on an axis of denial. No. Is he a poet? Basically, it's saying like everything is, everyone's lying. 
like no one's to, it's basically house MD. It's what house would say to all of his patients. It's so dark. He's so pessimistic. Maybe he's just kind of has a dark side, but he's very good at his job, but maybe it affects him more than he lets on. Oh, he's deep. He is in, and that sign was a window into his soul. I like it. Good snooping, Kimberly. Thank you. I did feel like he would be a little more optimistic about life if he had ever tried beta brand pants, if they made them for men, which they haven't yet. Because I love my beta brand pants and they make me think that the world is a wonderful, magical place. Oh, yeah. It spins in an axis of unicorns in an orbit of... Stylishness. Stylishness. A fashion orbit on the axis of good taste. There we go. Beta brand has somehow created pants that look professional and stylish, but are as comfortable as wearing your favorite sweats. With beta brand, you can show up at the office or a crime scene ready to solve the crime and everyone will respect you and think that you're in charge. But actually you were eating Doritos for breakfast on your couch in those very same pants when you got the phone call about the crime five minutes earlier. That is magic. The universe is good. Beta Brand's customer favorite dress pant yoga pants are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric, so they're perfect for doing anything that you can eat anything in them. Unlike the pants with the tight waistbands, you can breathe in these without getting the dreaded red ring around the belly. The Saturn ring, you all know what I'm talking about. That is the axis of denial. That is the axis of terror, is the axis of evil. The axis is uncomfortable. Yeah, is that red ring. So Beta Brand listens to their customers and what they want. And that's how they come up with these different colors and styles. Every week they have new styles. They have boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped. I usually go cropped, but I don't have to with Beta Brand because they have short in one of their styles. And they have like short in all the sizes. I love it. And they have long too for the tall gals. They have cute patterns right now, like ocean tartan, tartan, ocean tartan. I love it. It's a blue plaid. It's a blue plaid, but it's a cool pattern, but it sounds like it's a cocktail you would have on a yacht. I will have an ocean tartan, please. Yeah. Like on below deck, you would drink that. Everything's so cute. Seriously. And every week you go and there's like new cuter stuff. Right now, our listeners can get 30% off their first Beta Brand order by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 30% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash dateline. Discover what it's like to be comfortable and confident all the time. Yes. Yes. That's what we should all wish for each other. Sorry, access of comfort, orbit of... Convene? No. No, no. What was the two words you just said? Access of comfort, orbit of classy. Classic. Classic comfort, stylish, professional, classy. Yep, did it. <laughs> Go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 30% off. Woo-hoo! Katie, something else that makes the universe magical is glamnetic. <laughs> I like the whisper. It made it seem like a secret. Was, <laughs> I thought it was our little secret. No, it's not a secret anymore. I am very serious, very loud, and very proud about my makeup game. And it is the thing that I have probably spent the most time and money on while trying to turn my face into something pleasing to look at in the mirror back at me. (laughs) And a big part of doing this for me is lashes. I have found nothing makes my face look somewhat nice faster than eyelashes. And 
what makes my eyelashes look somewhat nice on the face that now looks somewhat nice is using eyelashes that are not on my own. Eyelashes that do not belong to me. Yes, I gotcha. Hence, false lashes. Glamnetic. Glamnetic's magnetic lashes are created to save you time and money. Two things I really like to save. Instagram's hottest makeup brand, Glamnetic, is the world's first six magnet lash. They're made for a super easy application and an all-day hold. Glamnetic has sold over 500,000 pairs of lashes in 2020, so I immediately hopped on that train and choo-chooed my way to lash heaven. So it's not a secret you're saying? It's not now. I'm telling you about it. Glamnetic is amazing. These lashes take under a minute to apply. There's no toxic glue, no struggle. It's literally six simple magnets and a magnetic liner. It's so easy to put on, no more gluey mess because the worst part about applying false eyelashes with glue is that when you mess up, it's kind of not that easy to start over because you're dealing with glue. The glue's either dried on your eyelid or it's dried on the lash. It's a whole big mess. You have to completely wipe and start over. But if you mess up with Glamnetic, it's magnetic. It's no problem. You just pop them off and then replace them if you accidentally mess up the placement of them. So easy. And there's over 75 styles for your perfect fit from a natural lash, like an everyday wear to a full glam. You can get a different lash for every mood, every day of the week, Monday night lash, versus Saturday Night Lash. (gasps) Great tie-in. Katrina Ben might have a really, really foxy lash for Monday nights. They even have half lashes, which are my absolute favorite because it just gives the ends a little bit of oomph. Love a half lash. You can take their lash quiz or use the lash guide to help find the style that suits you best if you're not sure. Also, there's up to 60 uses per lash, so they are more eco-friendly and wallet-friendly than other lashes. There's also a 100% money-back guarantee from Glamnetic. They have expedited shipping with free shipping to the U.S. and Canada on over $30, which is amazing. $30 limit for free shipping is chef's kiss. They also have vegan and cruelty-free options available. With over 500,000 happy customers already, go find out for yourself why Glamnetic lashes are Instagram's favorite beauty hack. Go to glamnetic.com slash date dateline and enter our promo code date dateline for 30% off your order. Now this code is only available for our listeners. So glamnetic.com slash date dateline, enter our promo code date dateline at checkout for 30% off. These lashes literally apply themselves. You got to try them out. Keep your lash game from getting hectic and streamlined with glamnetic. Yes. Thank you so much, Glamnetic. Yay. So Reuben is looking at all of these files for the guns and it's always the last place you look because then you found it, what you're looking for. But legitimately, it is the second to last gun that he has that he could possibly check. It's handgun number 59 out of 60, which is... Gosh. So a tourist from Montana was driving in the notoriously bad traffic in the D.C. area. And so he was at a dead stop and he saw the gun. And so it was like a million to one chance. Mank is standing with Reuven in an armory of some sort. And they're talking about how the odds were so great that this gun would never get found. But it somehow did. And it was in a place that was close to where Eric lived. 
So Ruben is like, we have to test this gun, but it's missing some of its components. And it's like, looks like it was run over by a car or 10. And so it's not in good shape, but the police firearms people are experts at that. So they put it together with spare parts from other guns and they fire it. And it's a match towards the gun that killed Eric. That's incredible. Incredible. And there's a serial number on it. And it was sold at a pawn shop in Mississippi. Who's from Mississippi? Uh, Hmm. mm -mm. Katrina. It's near her hometown, this pawn shop. That's a pretty big coincidence. And you know, I don't believe in coincidences. But do you know the abbreviation for Mississippi? It drives me crazy. It's not MI. That's Michigan. It's okay. What's Missouri? MO. I think it's MS. It's probably MS. What's Minnesota then? MN. Did it. Okay, nailed it. Press on. So Mank is, oh, so Reuven goes back to Mississippi and he tries to find the original owner. There's been dozens of owners throughout the years of this gun. And he says, I can't get people to talk to me. Anytime I'm trying to talk to someone about a gun, they think I'm trying to get them into trouble. And Mank says, it couldn't be because in Mississippi, you sound like a stranger. And Reuven laughs and it's good times. It was very cute. He's also very serious. He's a very serious man. So even if you think that like you're being charming and these people know I'm not going to get him in trouble, it seems like you're going to be in trouble. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a suit and he's going into rural Mississippi with a badge and being like, I need to talk to you about a gun, but just casually. I would take that as hostile. Yeah. 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 I feel attacked. Yeah. So he interviews six former gun owners who each had it for like a year or so and then pawned it. It's a hot potato. For some reason, no one holds on to this gun or like an evil amulet that is passed down and no one knows where it is. And it's it's cursed and it's found at a weird, it, like a doll that's found at a pawn shop and given to like a people and then it attacks everyone in the house and they all die. That happens. So he tracks it eventually to a pawn shop and this pawn shop is the most rickety pawn shop I've ever seen. It looks like it doesn't even have walls in the front. It's like chicken wire. It looks like if you sneezed, the whole place would go down. And The pawn shop tells Reuven, well, we do have records, but we keep them in these diaper boxes, okay, in the back where the rats are. And so the rats have been peeing and chewing on these boxes and on these records. What's happening in Mississippi? Great. What's happening at pawn shops specifically in Mississippi? So, or at this one, maybe there are other pawn shops in Mississippi that are quite nice, but not this one. This one, it looks like tetanus personified and Reuben's going in there probably with his gun and his nice suit like it's very funny it's the name of the star wait break of pawn break of pawn break of pawn like break of dawn break of dawn yeah I like it I feel like I can do better I'll think about it go ahead I like it in the pawn of day right I know see it's it's a mind worm I messed up I shouldn't have said anything because you're going to want to think of one now so the pawn shop gives him these boxes and he gives them to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms to look through. He offers to his credit to help them go through these rat feces covered boxes, but they say, no, it's okay, dude, we got it. So they're doing the Lord's work over there at the Bureau. Yeah, they are. The pawn of man. (laughs) Okay. 
There we go. So Reuben waits for a week and finally he gets a call from the bureau. We're faxing you a receipt because they still have fax machines in 2012. But they went through it. That's crazy. I hope they were wearing gloves. That's just what I pray, that they were wearing gloves. They were. Don't worry. So he, they fax him a receipt for the gun that was sold to Katrina. Katrina Ben. Katrina Ben. Now they just have to lasso Katrina. Easy, Mank asks us. You decide. I love when Mank poses a question and then lets us decide what the answer will be. But we don't have the information we need to answer the question. (laughs) So really, we're just guessing. He's setting us up for failure, kind of. You guess. Thanks, Mank. We appreciate the puzzle. He's not doing it on purpose. No. So Reuven arrests Katrina, and now she's living back in Mississippi. What? Since when? Yeah. So he has to go back there for a third trip. Oh my gosh. She doesn't remain silent when they say you're under arrest and you can remain silent. She says, if I had done this, it wouldn't be this stupid. They're like, how would you have done it? And she says, well, it would have been planned out more. So doing the whole the whole thing like it couldn't be me because I would have done the crime better. That whole thing. It's not a terrible defense. (laughs) It's It's not not great. It's not terrible. I would have done made less mistakes. But like done what? I don't know. What do they think happened? What do you mean? That he was just asleep and someone came in the room and shot him with like, there wasn't any kind of a scuffle. There wasn't any argument. Like we're not getting anything, but that she shot him and we're not hearing anything even remotely resembling a why. Right. That's true. And that's a good point for the trial. Yeah. Which is, I mean, we get to it, but we don't, we kind of don't. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts at this point. She's crazy. Oh, all right. There we go. I do actually have a thought. I have an alternate theory, actually, now that you mention it, which I will get to. I know. I'm excited. I know. I'm pretty excited, too. I just have to think of one since I said that I had one. <laughs> I will get one. Just give me a couple minutes. So, Do you want me to come up with more pawn names? I got it. Pawn mower. Pawn mower. <laughs> It, like, makes no sense to the plot of the episode, but I still like it. It doesn't. It's just anything that basically rhymes with it. I'm fitting it in. Pon Corleone. Right. <laughs> Is that good? It's great. All of these are under trademark, by the way. Don't be trying to start a pawn shop <laughs> and take one of my pawn shop names. Clearly, I'm ready to go into business. <laughs> Of pawning. So Reuben is asking her now, do you have a gun? And she says, yes. Like so like nonchalant, like they hadn't asked her multiple times and she had said no before. Now she's like, yeah, I do. So what? She's doing that. Is that what gaslighting is? When you're like flipping the narrative and pretend, is that what that is? Kind I mean, of? Not exactly. She would be more like flipping the script and making them, I mean, she is kind of making her them feel stupid for asking the question. So yeah, I guess it is kind of a form of gaslighting. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's a, I know it's a hot button word, but I'm just saying like what she's doing is annoying. That's annoying. And it is a little window into her personality. If she's kind of like that, like she might, she's kind of manipulative and stuff and acting. Kind of. She is manipulative. Yeah. So Reuben says, we asked you before and you said you didn't have a gun. And then she finally gets flustered. Like the only time she gets kind of flustered and because the rest of the time she's so like, this is so 
casual, breezy. She's acting so nonchalant, like they're at brunch or something. And they are like literally just talking about their days at brunch. And she's admitting she lied about having a gun. Again, I feel like that's that kind of thing that makes you feel like because she's acting so calm, like, yeah, Yeah, it is totally. It makes you feel stupid, like, yeah, like you've missed something or yeah, it's really a weird. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. So she says, well, why didn't you tell us when you had the that you had the gun when we asked you that you have had a gun? And she says, well, you didn't ask me you because I never killed anyone. So it's there's no need for me to say I have a gun. And you asked me if have I ever held a gun? Have I ever fired a gun? (laughs) No, it's on tape. They ask her, have you had a gun? Do you own a gun? Have you owned a gun? But she's she's all over the place. So they say, look, we know it was you, but why? There has to be a reason why you did this. And if there is not a reason, you are the most cold-blooded person we have ever met. And very calmly, she's like, well, you know, I'm just going to have my day in court. <laughs> she asked for a lawyer. No reaction to being told that she's probably the coldest person they've ever met just so cash. She's a psychopath, right? Like she's asking for more iced tea or something. Yeah. Something's wrong with her for sure. So she's so calm. Even if you're, you didn't do it, you would be so distraught at being arrested. You wouldn't be that defiant and casual. It's weird. It's strange. It's very off-putting. It is. So Reuben calls Eric's family and tells them they've arrested her and they are so happy. And then we're about to go to trial. This part was my favorite. This is cold. This is ice cold, as ice cold as her veins are. The assistant state's attorney, Jessica Zarello, she gives Katrina the nickname, the Monday Night Girl. And she defines the Monday night girl to Mank as a girl you do not take out, you do not show off, you do not introduce to your friends. She has her purpose, at which Mank starts laughing. And her purpose is relegated to Monday nights and not the more high profile Saturday and Friday nights. Ouch. That's state's attorney burn. You might need to go to the ICU for that burn, Katrina. Do you remember that sound she was making in the interview room? (laughs) That's the sound I made when she says this. It's so mean. If it wasn't directed towards Katrina, I would find it very mean. It did not occur to me that that's a thing, really. And I know it is a thing. And it's I don't think it's me being naive. It just hurts to think about that. I know. Poor Monday night girls. If you're a Monday night girl, get out of there. You deserve to be a Tuesday night girl. The thing is, I don't think she knew she was a Monday night girl, which kind of makes it worse. Worse. Maybe. Well, I don't know. So they think since Eric was sleeping when he was killed, that she was going through his phone and found out that he had all these other girls. And even though they had only been dating for like three weeks, she thought he was maybe the one or he was making sweet promises or she was just way more into him than he was into her. Anyways, flipped out, shot him well, he slept. And they have evidence of this because her fingerprints are on his phone, right? We don't know. 
great question. But that wouldn't be that weird if they were spending all that time together, you know, like it could be easily explained. He handed me his phone and I Googled something, you know, like it wouldn't be that weird. But this means she had to go down to her apartment and get the gun and then come back up. Yeah. And shoot him. This is premeditated. This is like she had time to calm down. Correct. So Mank says this is like fatal attraction, which, yes, it absolutely is. Katrina's defense says, no, this doesn't make any sense. They were dating for three weeks. She wasn't even that into him. Cut to one of her interviews with the cops where she's telling them he was a great guy, but I wasn't trying to be with him like that. And when he would tell me he loved me, I didn't believe him. Okay, I don't believe he was telling you he loved you. I don't believe that for a minute. So no. now you're just trying to make it sound like he was more into you than you were into him. It's really weird kind of lies. Ugh. Her lawyer says they were only intimate for a few weeks. I don't like that. So it doesn't make sense that she would be jealous. And we all agree, it does not make sense. It makes her crazy. None of us are disputing that that is not a normal thing. Like, we agree. So he says, here's the thing. She had lost that gun a long time ago. And so someone else could have found it and killed Eric. So his theory is that a stranger found the gun and then happened to kill a man that the original owner of the gun was now dating. Now, my alternative theory, which actually makes more sense and would have been a better defense than this, is she left it at an old apartment at one of her old jobs. Her maybe boyfriend at the time took it, was obsessed with her, followed her to D.C., and killed the guy that she was sleeping with and somehow got into his apartment without a key. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it makes more sense than a stranger found the gun and out of all the billions of people in the world decided to kill the one person whose gun that originally belonged to was dating. But she didn't know about the ex-boyfriend. In your theory, she doesn't know that that's what happened. Well, no, if she would have thought this through, her and her defense attorney would have blamed this on an ex-boyfriend. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, so you don't think it's real? You don't think there's any chance that that actually happened? Because No, but it sounded kind of good, right? The motive on this is so thin. I've struggled with these cases before. It sounds really good because that's more of a why than what we're getting in this. The only why that we're getting is she's super jealous. Can we see any kind of witnesses on the stand, like ex-boyfriends, friends that talk about how she was obsessed with Eric? She thought he was the one. Anything that proves how jealous she was, jealous enough to kill him. Or not even just jealous, just so upset that anyone's disrespecting her or doing her wrong. You know, certain people think everyone's out to get them and everyone's trying to wrong them even when they're not. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? Am I like that? I'm not. No, not at all. I know. I know that it's like a very unpleasant. It's unpleasant. Yes, we've all known Um, people like that. It's hard to be around. I just don't know why we're getting not any more background on her being like that. I think because it was a if it was a two hour, we hopefully would have gotten more about the trial and that there were other witnesses who could back up some sort of unhinged behavior from her. Something. Something. One other thing. She killed her ex-boyfriend's parrot. Something 
that shows like an escalation to yeah. this sort of crazy of a crime, for lack of a better term. This is a wild swing. But, you know, some people only kill once and there always has to be a first time. So but usually there would be an escalation, like some sort of tantrums she would throw or she keyed someone's car because they did her wrong. You know, like something, anything. Was she okay? Did the drug dealer admit to selling them any other kinds of drugs? No. Okay. And she said she wasn't even into the pot. Yeah, and they would have found drugs in the apartment. I was thinking specifically for her, like maybe if she was out of her mind on something. I don't even know what LSD. I have no idea what would make you kill someone. Yeah, but if she's a nurse and she was maybe, I don't, she could have had a couple of days off after that. Nurses have funny schedules. But I'm thinking like if she had to go to work the next day, she probably wouldn't take any. I hope, dear God, I hope our nurses are not taking LSD the night before they're on shift. Kim, let me know. Don't watch the drug epidemic Netflix. Do not. Okay, I won't. Do not watch that. Well, those are like prescription pills, right? Not like bath salts? No, don't watch it. Okay, I'm not going to watch it. This makes me nervous because this feels like it's too unpredictable that she just killed him. Yeah. Why? Can we look at her patient records? Can we make sure no suspicious deaths have occurred from her patients that were rude to her? What I'm saying, I think with the information presented, I can't say for sure that she did it. That's what I'm having a hard time with is I believe she did, but it's hard for me to accept it. It's hard for me to to get from A, this, and B, he's dead. But you admit the facts of she was the last person that admitted that saw him. I admit all of that and that they drove to get the marijuana and then came back to the apartment. But then what happened from there? Did she have the gun with her the whole time? Was this a plan for a while? I mean, it could have been in her purse. Maybe she got it when they were going to get the drug deals thing because she was nervous. And she just killed him because he so he couldn't be with anyone else and because she was upset that he wasn't taking their relationship more seriously. Yeah. Or maybe there was something in his phone that we don't know about, like he was talking bad about her to one of his other girls or something. I don't know. But I feel like the phone would have told us. And something just snapped. Yeah, something snapped. Yeah. All right. So the jury finds her guilty and the prosecutor thinks that she could easily do this again to someone else that disrespected her, which we have certainly done on this show. So sorry, Katrina. It was me. I'm Kimberly's the one that said bad things about you. I thought you might have been innocent. So yeah, don't hurt Katie. So she gets life plus 20 years and The best part is one of Eric's sisters is talking to the news after and says she's like talking to to Katrina. And she says, what you have sown in the life of our dear Eric, you will reap bountifully with life in prison. (laughs) And it's so good. I was like, snap, drop the mic. It was. Anytime you go like Old Testament on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good stuff. That was smart. I love that. Mm -mm. This episode is dedicated to our Patreon, Finch, who that's not their real name, but or maybe it is. I don't know. Kind of could be a cute name. It's like a bird. I love it. But here's what I want to say. Last time we did a dedication, we said, be your own Bugatti. This week, I want to say, Finch, be your own Monday night girl. Because you are a girl for us 
every day of the week. Be your own every night, girl. Be your own every day of the week, girl. And you are that to us. You could be our Saturday night anytime. Oh, I meant that in a nice way and not in a sleazy pickup way. You're our Saturday night and our Wednesday morning. Oh, anytime. Anytime. How do you like your eggs in the morning? That's a pickup line. What was your pickup line? I missed it. Don't guys go, how do you like your eggs in the morning? Yeah. I'm not doing that, Finch. I'm just saying gratefully, grateful to you for your patronusness of this podcast. We are. Thank you so much, Finch. Thank you to all of our Patroni. We really appreciate you. Without you, we could not do this in-depth analyzation to figure out whether or not this woman committed this crime, which it seems she did. Also, you guys got a little bit of an astrology lesson with all that universe access stuff. So You're welcome. Yeah, to consider yourself past Astronomy 101. Consider yourself knowledgeable. I don't even know the difference between astronomy and astrology. So I am. Yes, you do. The astrology is uh, Taurus, Libra, Sagittarius. Astrology astronomy is star signs. Is stars. the stars is the actual study of the stars, solar system, universe. And astronomy is space. Space. Question mark. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> People are writing furious letters, not to us. They're so fast and furiously. They're like typing on a typewriter. (laughs) To the public schools that we graduated from. That's who they're dedicating their letters to. Yeah, go for it. That's fine. Send them. You should. We agree. Our schools were not the greatest. I've been failed. Do you have any housewife's intros, Katie? On a special piece of paper. There it is. Do you have, how many do you have? Three. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you start because I only have one and a half. So go for it. Okay. Turn around. I'm like Garfield. I really hate Mondays. Oh, bravo. Ten points. That was really good. Thank you. I'm impressed. Okay, here we go. Turn around. When it comes to the men in my life, I believe in being a straight shooter. Good. It's simple. It's simple. I like it. All right. Turn around. I'm not going to be ignored, Andy Cohen. What's that? Fatal Attraction. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. That's the famous line from Fatal Attraction. Oh, that's great. Andy Cohen, because it's a Bravo. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with him. Okay. Okay. Turn around. I've been a bad, bad girl. It was just her singing Fiona Apple, but it's I've been a bad, bad girl. Okay. That's going to happen a few times coming up here in the next five minutes. So I'm going to need to remind everyone that her last name is Ben. It's Katrina Ben. We're sure though, right? Did you look it up just to make sure? Yeah, I had the subtitles on. Okay, great. Katrina Ben. Because that would be bad. It would, and it would be par for the course. So it's, if that happened, I mean, I was hoping you were going to do the last day, but then when you didn't, I was like, Oh, no. (laughs) I had it in there somewhere. Somewhere. Go ahead. Somewhere. Turn around. I'm the queen of nursing a grudge. Oh, these are all great. 10 out of 10 for Kimberly. Thank you. That's very good. Title's very bad. That's okay. B-roll bonanza. Siblings looking at like a hundred photos that are spread out all over the table like Thanksgiving dinner. Just 
like they were in a huge bag, like of Santa presents, and you just dumped it out. It's just all over the table. I saw him. It was a lot of photos. It was, yeah. I was impressed. Photo dump. They're, the siblings are hanging out in a field. Is it a cemetery? I think it's the cemetery. Is it? We get a shot at the cemetery later. They're which dressed seems very to be... nicely, like in their Sunday best. They're not just dressed nicely. They're matching. They are matching in sea foam green, would you say? Yeah, mint green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. And he's in a bow tie, which just, I love it. I love them. We have Reuven doing cop things, looking at folders. We have driving shots of Reuven. And then we have him walking down the hall looking like a total badass. Yeah. He's also showing other people things in folders, which I I had a suspicion that the folder was empty and I didn't look too close. (laughs) I did not pause and zoom in because I did not want to embarrass Reuben. (laughs) That's good. So it's good that like we have both personalities here. I think then we'll meet somewhere in the middle. That'll be a bonus. Yeah. Okay. Fashion. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can I just say really quick, the family is so well-dressed for Dateline. Props to them because all of the siblings are wearing like either a suit jacket or like a suit separate. Every one of them's in it like a blazer jacket. And then both women have like complementary but different color blouses. One of them has the secretary knot, the, the tie neck, which is a personal favorite. And they just, and he's wearing a suit. Michael's wearing a suit. And I was so excited to see like that they dressed for an interview on Dateline because that's correct to me. The bar has been set so low with the balls to the wall and the John Deere tractor hat that when we see nice looking people, it stands out. That's sad that when we see nice, nicely dressed people on a TV show, that it stands out. It was just a sigh. You guys all got to up your game and be like these people. It was a sigh of relief. It really was, yeah. It felt, it's like people that like, you dress for the theater, right? Yeah. I know a lot of people don't because it's like, whatever. But I was like, ah, it's not about you, though. It's a respect thing for the actors, which is kind of how I feel about Dateline. It's like we're dressing up for our brother who was the victim and for, you know, to come on television and discuss this like incredibly serious thing. And two... we're dressing up to respect Mank as well, who's there in his hot tie and hanky and looks amazing. Yeah, because yeah, you guys aren't in the Bahamas. You're in, you know, it makes sense when Mank isn't wearing that in the Bahamas or whatever, but. Yeah, you guys are in outside Washington, D.C., and they just, it looked so right to me. It did. I'm a huge fan of these siblings. Yeah, me too. Huge fan. Mank was wearing a lilac purple type shirt and a blue tie and hanky. Just super, just super good looking. And also that hanky would match if I got those, those ocean tartan pants from Beta Brand. Are you going to get those? Do you want to get matching ones? Maybe. I really like a blue plaid. Yeah, it's really cute. I'll do it. Okay. Yay. Okay, let's do titles. Mine are so bad. I don't even want to say mine. Jaguar on the prowl. There we go. Wait a minute. Jaguar on the prowl. Cougar out for blood. (gasps) Nice. Is she the cougar? Denise was the cougar. But still, it still works. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That was not. I tried not to think that far out. Yeah, no, it still works. What do you have? Okay, I don't know why I have this. Mambo number 59. Why? Do you need to... No idea. Do I need to call someone? 
Is your parents, are your parents there? But then Mambo number five has been stuck in my head since I wrote it. So that's good as well. What's 59 though? 59 is the number of the gun. It was the 59th gun out of the 60th. So I, you're not remembering the last name and I'm supposed to remember that it's the 59th gun? I thought, yeah. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I just don't know why I put those two together because there's a five. I don't know. It's I don't think really it's that bad. I think I'm being harsh on you. It's not that bad. It's good. I just didn't remember that it was, I had no idea what 50, I thought that 59 might be the apartment number. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good. Taking out the dirty diapers. Okay. I don't even like that. Like changing the diapers. I don't know. I can't. And then, but what I really think it could be called, and this could be a real title, would be Monday Night Girl. Although it might be giving it away, but the Monday Night Girl. Sounds good. Yeah. I think that, I think it could just be called Monday Night. Yeah. Because it encompasses the girl and when he died, right? Well, he died Tuesday morning, technically, but still. Could could it just be called, are you ready for some? And then people would be like, football, Monday night. Monday night. They would draw their own conclusions. And that's probably not the conclusion I would draw, but I'm not a sports fan. (laughs) I would only do it if if you were singing it and not if it just said, are you ready for some? I don't know if I would get it. Because if you, if I heard, are you ready for some? I'd be like, pizza. Popcorn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Immediately went to like a two syllable food. Uh (laughs) That'd be it. Okay. I have, remember her last name is Ben. Okay, got it. Here we go. Been there, done that. Okay. Crime. Good. Been there, done that. Dot, dot, dot. Crime. Been caught cheating. Uh, it's been a long time since you killed me. Okay. Dark. Since you've been gone. Mm. And I think that's it. So you just took the Ben and just put it. And I wrote everything I could, could think, think of, of in that moment. And then the, the Fiona Apple. I've been a bad, bad girl. Which she has. That's she super has accurate. been a bad, bad girl. Yeah, she's super. So, and we've been over this because I love wordplay. <laughs> been over this. I was just basically real excited when I saw it's kind of like pawn when there's an easy one to do it with. I was like, oh, none of those are tremendous, but uh, still, it made it was you fun. happy. That's all that matters. It it made me happy, and it's gonna make it, a select number of our audience like half probably very happy as well the half that likes half is generous i'm gonna say it's gonna make about a fourth i'll be lucky if i get um like 22 percent. okay let us know because i have not heard anything about a peacock sound and i've asked oliver to check twitter every day every day i ask i've heard from three people that you were spot on thank you spot on and these people had peacock experience yes i'm so happy Makes me very, I'm, I'm clinging to the peacock. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Check out our Patreon. We do bonus episodes and live streams and fun stuff. Our live stream is this weekend. Oh, our live stream is this week, next, this coming weekend. Oh my gosh. And follow us on social media. Big news, big news. Who has 10K? We have 10K. Who has 10K? We have 10K. <laughs> That's so exciting. We got to 10,000 on on Instagram, which all that means is that we can swipe up now. And I'm just, I need some things to swipe. So I'm going to start swiping. It's just, I don't know what I'll swipe, but I, I'm going to swipe my heart out. Get ready for lots I've of swiping. I've never swiped up, so I don't know. <laughs> it's not happens. like swiping right or left. There's not as big of a commitment. What is there that happens? You get a giveaway? What happens? No, you just, it's just a link to any website you want. 
any web address you can link to by, and have them swipe up and they go take them to that website. Like I will swipe up to our merch or I will swipe up to a funny article or I will swipe up to a video of baby pandas rolling around. I can swipe up to anything. I'm interested in that. Yeah. It's going to be really just a game changer, I think. Is it? Are we going to hit 20 now? It's going to go from 10 immediately. Are we Instagram famous? Do we get a check mark? No. Great question, but no. Yeah, you have to have a lot to have a check mark. No, I don't think podcasts get check marks. I think it has to be an actual person on Instagram. Yeah. Land, anyways, it's a landmark. Yeah. Possible landmine, but it's going to be great. <laughs> it's really just a recognition of yeah, the hard work and the quality podcast that Kimberly's done. I think she deserves a round of applause. Everybody give Kimberly no. all the thumbs up. It's but really a good job. We appreciate Thank, it. And thanks everybody out there for getting us there. Yes. And follow us on Twitter. So fun. So great. And I did it. Are you ready? I'm so I've ready. I've combined the worlds since you've been pawn. <laughs> <laughs> Slow clap for that. That's good. It's like I can breathe again. It's like... <laughs> It was stuck. It was like a clog, you know, like like a chip that's like caught in your throat and you're trying in to get it down. In the back of your throat. Yeah. yeah you've got a, like a little piece of lettuce back there or not lettuce. I don't know, but something. And then. A monk pack bar and popcorn. Yeah. You're like, got it down. Oh, that, feel, that oh, must feel so good. It feels good. good. It feels good. I can get a good night's sleep finally. <laughs> <laughs> Since you've been since you've been pot. Oh, I'm so happy. That's amazing. Thank you, everyone. And be your own Bugatti. What's the new one? Be your own. Be your own Monday night gal. Be your own whatever day of the week you want. Yeah. And you don't need to wear those underwear that match, that say the name of the days of the, you can mix and match. There's no rules. Wear a Saturday on a Tuesday. I can't have those. I would not like to be wearing it on the wrong day. I didn't no, That seems not right. I feel like your mom wouldn't allow that for some reason. I've never had those. Have you ever had those? Yeah, I've had them. Did you wear them on the correct days? No, because I'm a rebel. Oh, really? You didn't think it was unlucky? No. Mm-mm. Feels unlucky to me. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to put that in people's heads. You might have to take that <laughs> out, Adam. That's a terrible, superstitious thing. Are you sure it's unlucky? I That's think it's going to bring out an interesting dialogue on Twitter that I am looking forward to. Oh, boy. All right. Well, there's that. Are you a person who wears them on the same day of the week? Or are you the person who doesn't? Or are you a person who doesn't even have them because they make you so nervous? And then if you are the kind of person that has to wear them on the correct day, there's a swipe up and it's like a website to like, you might have this. <laughs> it's just a swipe up to better help. Don't lie to me. I know what you're doing. I don't like it. <laughs> Good me. Good me. Oh Bye, everybody. Call it the good life, the lush life, the fast life. And then Mankey goes on about that for a little while. And I didn't write it down. Actually, I did, but my notes were too long. And I was like, sorry, Mankey, I have to cut some things. I apologize. Let me see if I wrote any of it down. I wrote, here's how far I got. Lush life in the fast lane. So I got one more sentence. But I said in the fast lane. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear the end of that. Adam, can you cut it out so I don't look like a moron? Thank you. (laughs) Every time. Oh, by the way, 
Did you know that whole belt salt thing was not true? What are you talking about? The guy in Florida who was on bath salts and ate that other guy's face off, that never happened. Somebody, a listener told me it was one of those Mandela myth things that got started and it became this big scare thing. It never happened. There was something or else that happened Or he did on it, but he salts. wasn't on bath salts. It wasn't a eat your face off. It was something else. There was a few crimes that happened, but I don't know if it was a eat your face off, but you're right. That was kind of the, the saying, right? Bath salts, eat your face off. The saying, yeah, you'll eat. But I think what the listener told me was that he did do it, but he wasn't on bath salts. Like there was just something else terrifying going on. Oh, sweet Lord. That's, I know. I would rather I you be on bath salts. <laughs> that makes it worse. That's why I'm saying this makes... Let us blame it on bath salts. 